This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners over at Rotoviz. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash NFL Sunday Ticket, BetOnline.ag and UnderdogFantasy.com. And of course, we are, I mentioned it on Tuesday's show, we are getting really close to the season. We're, we're one week away, in fact, now as Thursday night football will be coming your way uh, in just seven days from now if you're listening to this just after it's come out on Thursday of course the first show of the week we did have Mike Clay the second show of the week we're also going to have Mike Clay jump aboard the podcast and we're going to be talking to him about a number of other fascinating topics really enjoyed the show earlier this week and if you haven't already checked out the exclusive episode that we dropped on Wednesday on the road of his overtime feed it was just exclusive to that individual podcast feed to, to try and get you over there to, to to subscribe to listen in there every show that does come out uh, the zero rb top 15 myself and sean discussed that as well so you don't want to miss out that if you haven't already listened head on over to the road of his overtime podcast feed and get access to that once you finish up this show with mike clay sean we're into the third show off the week it's been a fun week here uh, it's just been a fun couple of weeks uh, fun off season in general as we've really ramped up the content over the, the last couple of weeks but looking forward to, to getting mike's thoughts again here uh, a little bit later in the show and um, just uh, thankfully football season is just around the corner it is and, and once we have these ffpc drafts again we thank all of the listeners who made it all the way through our ffpc megapod uh, once the zero rb you know top 15 is out you know we're fully in the draft season we're looking at those key guys who are going to help us win here in 2020 and yeah this should be the most fun weekend of the year for fantasy football players the drafts coming fast and furious i would assume this will be the biggest draft weekend which makes it the best weekend for uh, all of us in fantasy i can't wait to do all the drafts that i have coming up and that kind of leads us into today's ffpc stat attack where we're going to look at derrick henry henry is a gutsy first round selection but one that can definitely be argued for on talent alone anyone who watched him last year is not surprised that he's currently going at 108 in the ffpc as the running back seven and even without a receiving profile henry scored 300 points last season ranking first in attempts first in rushing yards and first in fantasy points over expectation he was that good he needed to be that good to get to the 300 points and not a lot behind him there in tennessee in an offense that they're hoping can take the next step so it'll be interesting to track derrick henry here in 2020 and he's the featured player in our ffpc stat attack for the day 
Yeah, and the FFPC is the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry. And speaking of the FFPC main event, I've seen a couple of drafts on Twitter coming out uh, just shortly after the news broke of the the Leonard Fournette situation. And obviously, there's a bit of a shakeup in the the running back market, but a couple of big bits of shakeup. Obviously, we're recording this a little bit earlier, we're recording this on Tuesday, and it's going to come out on Thursday. But the Alvin Kamara news dropping him a little bit down in some of those FFPC drafts. Uh, I, I seen Derek Henry actually go fourth overall in a couple of drafts over the last couple of days so really is uh pushing up to that apex of uh, fantasy uh you know cost at this point i uh, didn't think we would see him get that high at any point this offseason it's gonna be interesting to see how it runs for him in 2020 but you can jump into an ffpc main event draft to learn more or to join any other league over at the ffpc Head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, while you're drafting, make sure you check out those tools up on rotaviz.com, specifically designed for FFPC domination. So back once again for the second time this week, it is Mike Clay. Um, obviously, a lot of fun on the show uh, that came out on Tuesday, but back again. Mike, thanks for jumping aboard once again. Yeah, sure. Glad to be here, guys. Let's do it. Mike, you and I have had a chance to draft together a couple times this season in the MFL 10 of Death and the Apex Expert League. Now, you weren't fortunate enough to receive a priority draft position, either one. Uh, we've talked on the show, we talked on the site that that really does put you very far behind in terms of trying to make up those points. In the Apex League, you started Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake. In the MFL 10 of Death, you started Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, that that second group, especially two backs that look very good in our range of outcomes tool. Now, when you make those starts, are these running back, running back starts a preference for 2020? Say if you had an RB and a wide receiver with similar value on your board, would you lean running back? Or in these cases, were these particular players just the highest guys you had on the board in that at that time? Well, I mean, I don't want you to just kick me off the show if I say I'm going running back, running back, talking to you, Sean. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's my plan this year. You know, I wrote my ultimate draft board article, uh, at ESPN plus a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of just going through every single round What I'm thinking who my favorite players are talking strategy. And I feel like you can have your cake and eat it too this year. I, I really do. I think you can afford to get a couple running backs and then go super heavy on other positions, especially wide receiver and still come away pretty happy with your draft. And, uh, I know there's that inherent risk with the with the running backs there for sure. But it's not like, you know, you can you can still get some of those high ceiling running backs in the double digit rounds. I mean, they're still there. Henderson, you know, who we talked about uh, on Tuesday and, you know, if Tony Pollard and, and, and you know, um, uh, certainly Latavius Murray with all the, the talk about holdouts and Alex Madison, same kind of thing. I mean, there's uh, a lot of options in those rounds. You could still get your hands on and get some depth at that running back spot. But uh, there's 14 guys got uh, 14 running backs, guys, that I feel very comfortable with this season. And if I can get two of those guys in the first two rounds, I come away uh, pretty happy. I know that, you know, it's kind of a, the popular trend lately is maybe take one and then and then just avoid that second running back and go heavy. But I do think there's 14 guys. You know, you've, you're, you're kind of like your big five at running back. But then there's that tier uh, of that, you know, that next group of nine guys who I think are very close. So if you can get two of them, I think you come away pretty happy with uh, with your draft just based on the depth of wide receiver after that's just loaded and loaded with talent yeah well we obviously like you said get kicked off the show we will not do that uh we do <laughs> like the zero running back and and the single running back approach that we used in our ffpc main event but i had an article on the site this week about if you're going to go running back running back how to do it uh definitely 
some resonances with some of the things that you just said there. So I, I think that'll be an interesting thing to track for 2020, how that does work out. And like you said, uh, if you take those two guys and then wait, you know, you can potentially get some interesting players later kind of jumping to that apex league you started running back running back there and then didn't draft another running back until round 10 which is definitely what i encourage listeners to do when they start running back running back now is this a an intentional balancing of the roster it like you just said that you can get some of those running backs in the double digit rounds that are pretty exciting or was this another situation in that draft where the people you picked from round three to round nine those were simply the highest value guys you had um, yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, generally I'm going to go running back, running back, and then ignore that position for a long time. And by the way, to speak to what you said earlier, you know, I've been pretty aggressive about the fact that if I don't get two of those top 14, then I'm just throwing running back away for the most part. Now there's a couple exceptions mixed in there, like in M- uh, the MFL 10 of death I took. Uh, I, I like Kareem Hunt and Cam Akers. I happen to get both of them. Uh, and I think the seventh and eighth round, something like that. So I was happy to do that. Uh, but in that fifth round, sixth round area, I will look at uh, those two. But otherwise, I'm pretty much just throwing that away. And that's that's kind of what I did here um, in the Apex draft. I went Chubb and Drake. And like you said, it was all uh, other positions from there. Um, I ended up, ta- I wanted to throw a dart in this one. And I've done it a couple times this offseason. I'm going for gold at quarterback. So I did take Kyler Murray. I just feel like he could be a league winner player this year if he really explodes in, in the offense. And I'm usually a way to quarterback kind of guy. But um, you know, we've seen it with Mahomes, we've seen it with Jackson, we've seen it time and time again, and it's a little bit uh, risky, especially with such a good group. But that's kind of why I did it because I thought, you know, if Murray does explode like I think he can, I mean, worst case, right? He's going to be a mid to back end quarterback one. He was that as a rookie, and the efficiency there wasn't even that good, uh, and the pace of play was good, but the plays weren't there because the defense was so bad. So I think there's a really a lot to like with Kyler Murray, and he really could explode. So I took that shot, but usually I would just be pounding away at the wide receiver position in these rounds. And when it comes to obviously basketball, opposed to your standard redraft league, is there any change in approach, or is it the the same approach in both in both variations? Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, you, you're generally going to make slight adjustments. Uh, you know, obviously, you have to draft you know uh, two or three defenses and get make sure you have depth at uh, at the other positions and stuff like that. But uh, generally, earlier on in drafts, I'm I'm doing about the same thing. Mike, you and I both like to do this exercise where we hypothetically draft from the end back to the beginning, getting a sense of sort of who those values are going to be late and how that might affect or impact what you do in those single digit rounds. You grabbed a couple of my favorite running backs at the end of one of our drafts recently in Darrington Evans and Benny Snell. Did you guys have those do you have those guys planned out early on? And do you have any key reverse draft targets for 2020? Uh, yeah, it used to be Damian Harris, you know, but so much for that, right? He's, he's creeping up now with all the hype. I have him in a a ton of leaves, uh, a ton of leagues, but, um, otherwise, yeah, it is those just high, high ceiling backs. Um, you know, you mentioned Evans, uh, his, his efficiency in college wasn't so good. That bothers me a little bit. And you could say that about Josh Kelly as well. Those two guys, uh, stand out as, as potential bust in the pros, but, uh, volume is King. We know that, right. And he's in a pretty good situation. Evans is, as the backup to Derrick Henry, if he goes down tomorrow, I mean, Evans is certainly going to be the the guy everybody's spending their fab on and, and trying to get on their roster and, and who has a huge spike in fantasy value. So uh, Evans, again, high ceiling insurance back. Uh, Benny Snell, same kind of thing. You know, I've I've kind of been back and forth, you know, earlier in the offseason, I leaned a little bit towards Anthony McFarland, but um, it looks like Snell has pretty much cemented that two job. So I, I pounce on him, but 
Um, it's just those, it's just those kind of guys, right? Those kind of high ceiling backups right now because of potential holdout situations, guys like Gio Bernard, um, uh, Alex Madison, although he's up going around round 10, so he's not, you know, quite as appealing as some of these other guys. Uh, Latavius Murray, same kind of thing. Um, but otherwise it's, you know, it's your Daryl Williams and maybe Carlos Hyde right now, AJ Dillon, guys like that. I mean, Josh Kelly, who I, I just mentioned, those are, those are the guys I'm looking at with those final couple of picks guys who could, uh, could really skyrocket in value. Uh, if the right, the right situation, the right holdout or injury happens. Yeah, there's a lot of them names that you're rhyming off there. There's a lot of them I know that'll be picking oh, yeah. Sean's interest and, and mine's as well. And Snell has been somebody that Sean's been talking about for, for quite some time. And we, we uh, you know, I think there's a huge upside there this season. And like you said, people question your drafts after you finish. Well, if you're going RB, RB at the start, Mike, uh, the people on Twitter might like your drafts. But if you're like me or Sean, people tend not to like those drafts that don't have all those top upside, you know, kind of starting caliber running backs. But those guys that you mentioned, like a Snell, like an Evans, if anything happens to the guy in front of them, they, the upside is, is huge based on their current draft position. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from doing the show with Sean and talking fantasy strategy with him, he mentioned the reverse draft it's probably not something that a lot of people playing fantasy do but i think it's one of those things that you know it's it's just invaluable because you can kind of plan from the back of the draft to make sure the front end of the draft is going to work out for you as well and i think a lot of people just strategize about those kind of opening eight rounds and see what happens after that and if you, if you take advantage of those latter rounds can, can really take that team to the next level obviously we're big fans of the wide receiver position. There's lots of wide receivers we like, but who do you see at the moment as some of the, the best values at wide receivers? And and then I guess when you're looking at it, those, those opening weeks of this season, um, maybe more so than ever, those wide receiver cornerback matchups uh, could be interesting. Is there any uh, kind of wide receivers you might be avoiding as well based off the, the cornerback schedules? Um, yeah, I so I need to... Um you know, prep for week one, that article. So I haven't done that yet when we're, we're doing this on September 1st, but yeah. I did write a piece uh, about a, a month and a half ago, I guess, over at ESPN Plus going through schedules for the season, right? Looking ahead, what does it look like on paper? And there were a couple that, there, there's a bunch on here, obviously, that I dove into. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. The Jets perimeter receivers have a very tough schedule. I have them with the hardest overall schedule against corners. I have them with the hardest for number one perimeter receivers. So that would be your Brashad Perryman and, and Denzel Mims, uh, possibly maybe Chris Hogan earlier in the season. Uh, it's not too tough for Jamison Crowder. You know, he's going to be in the slot most of the time, but that's something to think about, especially in those late rounds when you're looking for, uh, you know, potential potential sleepers. But, you know, they're going to have to deal with that Dolphins cornerback uh, duo, which is terrific twice. They're going to have to deal with the Patriots, who are, are fantastic in the secondary, and the Bills, who are uh, terrific with uh, Tredavious White back there and a good overall defense, good safeties as well. So, uh, they're a team that jump out as tough. Uh, on the other side of it, you know, if we're looking at upgrades, um, I have the the uh, Lions with one of the easiest schedules. In fact, I have them projected with the easiest slate overall against number one uh, receivers and against the slot. So that's good news for pretty much all of these guys. Obviously, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones on the outside, and Danny Amendola in the slot. So uh, just you're just. You know, what happens with these number ones is you get a little nervous when you're, you see they're going to be shadowed by a good number one, right? Well, we don't really see that on the schedule for Detroit. Patrick Peterson, week three, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, week four, uh, maybe Jair Alexander in those games against the Packers. That's pretty much it. You know, they, they're going to face 12 cornerback units I have ranked in the bottom half of the league right now. And only one I have better than ninth. That's the Saints. 
So, uh, you know, across the board, a great schedule. I think that makes a lot of people happy because Marvin Jones has been a popular sleeper. And if you're in a deep PPR league, maybe Danny Amendola is on your radar as a sneaky guy. And of course, Kenny Galladay is going uh, in the very early rounds of draft. So uh, good news, at least from in that department. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely out to your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. And right now, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 5% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Simply download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Once again, code BLUEWIRE for 5% off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL. We're one week out from the action, NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. You'll never miss any of your favorite teams or your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key for the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Once again, visit NFL. NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the code BLUEWIRE. At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy. Best ball mania. $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device, and you're gonna make a deposit. You're gonna use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're gonna go refer five friends, and Underdog and ROTOVIZ will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIZ, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory, 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ, and chase that glory. Mike, when we're trying to get an edge through you know, some of these advanced stats, some of the things that maybe people aren't looking at, I think readers are familiar with some of your stats like ADOT and OTD. There are obviously plenty of cases where a stat may not give you a clear player target, but it helps you understand the previous year so you can make better overall projections, which obviously is, is what you're famous for. Are there any key takeaways or player picks from the ad- advanced research that you've done this season? Yeah, I mean, I would have said Leonard Fournette will score more touchdowns, but I don't know that now, right? Like, he <laughs> he's one of the unluckiest players. In fact, I have him as the third unluckiest player in terms of touchdown production over over the 
since 2007. And that's out of over 7,300 players who had at least one touch during that span. So that's how it shows you how unlucky he was. So Fournette aside, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll even put Mike Williams aside because he's on that short list. Since he's a little beat up right now, he should score more touchdowns this season. But um, how about Darren Waller, right? He's I think he's a kind of underrated right now, which is kind of surprised. I thought people would be a little more on him after he had that huge breakout season last year. But he's a guy who, yeah, targets could come down a little bit in that offense because they added a wide receiver. But he had bad touchdown luck, right? He, he should have scored more touchdowns. And he also didn't get quite the volume you would, you would expect near the goal line. So his expected touchdown total was 3.9. He only had three touchdowns, a little unlucky. And just with a role where you're top five in pretty much every category of tight end, you're some of them just are going to happen to come near the goal line. So I think he will score uh, more touchdowns this season. I think he's going to pay off at his round six ADP. I'm a little surprised he's going there. Uh, and then on the other hand, you know, you could look at guys who were were over their heads in the touchdown department. So uh, an example could be Derrick Henry, who is tremendous. He's really good. He's been top three in yards after contact all three of his seasons in the NFL. Very effective. He's going to get a ton of volume. But his expected touchdown total, or his OTD, as I call it, was 9.0 last season. He had 18 touchdowns, guys. 18. He doubled that number. And... <laughs> And history says that guys aren't really good at scoring touchdowns. You know, uh, you can say volume is a skill set, right? If you're good, you're going to get volume. Fine. I agree with that. But being able to blow away your your opportunity in the touchdown department, in the scoring department over a long period of time, it just doesn't add up. You don't see it. You see guys regress to the mean in a hurry. We've seen it from Gronk and Odell Beckham, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, Henry's going to be that guy this year, right? Where you're not going to see him score as many touchdowns. So certainly don't count on that. And you could apply that to Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley, Raheem Mostert's an outstanding one in that department. I mean, his expected total was four and he had 10 touchdowns last year. And that was just a regular season. So Cooper Cup, one of my favorite unders in terms of, uh, you know, player props this year and his touchdown total. So uh, there's a lot of examples of that. And history shows that is pretty much a lock. I mean, it, it, I, I've been doing this for a long time, Sean, since all the way back at the PFF days. I mean, guys who score 15-plus rushing plus receiving touchdowns in a season will score fewer touchdowns the next season at a 97% rate. If you have scored 14, it's 89%. 13, 85%. 12, 70%. You know, it's just, you go know, on and on. It, it's, it's unreal how, uh, you know, these guys just can't sustain high-end touchdown totals and vice versa too. If a guy has a lot of volume back and back to back years and one year has a low touchdown total, you can you can bet that it's going to be much higher the next season. With those notes about Henry, Mike, and also the fact that I mean everybody knows that receptions are a big question mark or a big demerit for him, even though, you know, there's buzz about him increasing, but you know, we're we're skeptical of that. Where should people have Henry considering he's such a big talent, he's going to get so many carries, but there are multiple red flags for his resume. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I do have his uh, his targets up a little bit uh, for sure, but yeah, I have him RB six on my board, which I, is higher than I thought I would have him in. But you know, back in say December when I was first thinking ahead to this year. But here's the thing: you have McCaffrey, and then there's a drop off. I think to Barkley, Elliott, Cook, and Kamara, assuming they play, and then a pretty big drop off to that next tier. Right now, I like that next tier as I mentioned. 6 to 14 at running back. I, I like that group. I'm happy to get, you know, two of those guys, but it's a pretty big drop off from that other tier. Now, Henry was scoring with them last year, right? He was RB5, 
So he was right up there around Zeke and he ended up ahead of Cook and uh, wasn't with McCaffrey, but was with that next tier, outscored Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't think he'll be in that department. Why? Well, you know, you have to add a little injury risk, of course. Uh, it takes away carries. And like you said, he's not going to he's not going to score touchdowns at the same rate. And obviously he's not going to be in their category in terms of catching the football. So um, I still think he's the best of that next tier, that six to 14 tier. But I don't think he's anywhere close to uh, or should be viewed close to where he was last season. Two guys who were hoping to put up a lot of touchdown numbers this year and they're at the quarterback position, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray, um, obviously going quite high in drafts. But quarterbacks, you know, in my opinion anyway, it's it's quite deep, but it's very deep. And uh, when we're looking at the top quarterbacks, they're also um, not as expensive as maybe they were in previous years with people maybe starting to, to let them slip a little bit. But um, what's the, the pattern been for you in 2020? Do you like uh, dr- grabbing those guys, you know, when they maybe drop a little bit? Is there any of them that you're happy to, to go at their current ADP, maybe make that a little bit of a reach, or are you, are you still waiting mostly on quarterback? Yeah, we talked about at one point about, uh, you know, this week about the quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray's been a uh, popular top uh, target for me, Tom Brady as well. We talked about earlier in the week, um, you know, those are two guys that I have a lot of shares of. So if they don't pan out, it might be trouble for me, a quarterback. But again, like you said, <laughs> you can still take another guy late in drafts because of the depth there and, and have a fallback option um, in uh, the draft. You're talking about the MFL 10 of death. You know, I know going into that, that this group is going to un- is I don't want to say undervalued quarterbacks, but they're going to wait on quarterback. Right. So Lamar Jackson went in round two. And I think he and Patrick Mahomes are pretty close in value. I think a lot of people agree with that. Uh, Mahomes was sitting there in the middle of round four for me. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that, but you know, again, with this group, it's, it's not as surprising. So that I was willing to take that plunge at this spot and shake it up a little bit. Right. Like, like we said, this is a tough league to win. Um, I've had success in apex. I've won that a couple of times. MFL 10 to death. I haven't come close. I don't think to win in this one. So, um, you know, I was fine to try and take advantage of some, some guys who could be superstar difference makers, league winners that fall a little bit. And that's why I took the plunge on Mahomes. And then avoided it. You know, I think there was probably, what, 20 more quarterbacks picked before I took, uh, yeah, 23 more quarterbacks were picked before I took my backup. So uh, I was happy to, to roll with that strategy. And I thought, again, mid-round mid four, I think that's a, a, a fine place to take the plunge on a guy like Mahomes. Mike, you had mentioned the schedules for the Detroit wide receivers. And Matthew Stafford had a big season last year before he was injured. It seems like everything is aligning for this Detroit offense to be a lot of fun and for Stafford maybe to be a value pick at quarterback. And yet when you look at that coaching staff and you look at the things that you hear the Detroit coaches say, is there any concern that despite having these great options in the passing game, that if Kerryon Johnson is healthy, if DeAndre Swift is what they think he is, that instead they're just going to try and hammer the ball? Uh I don't think so. I mean, I think we've seen a move to a more balanced offense, but I think there's room for both to be flux options uh, and maybe for one to emerge as an RB2. Uh, I would put my money on Swift just based on what we've seen so far. Johnson struggled with injuries, and uh, I was kind of shocked last season because I thought Carrion was going to be a guy that could catch 50 footballs, right, with the shakeup they had in that backfield. And what did they do? They came out and they just changed him to more of a plotter, right? He was just a between-the-tackle hammer. He wasn't involved really as a pass catcher, and, and I was uh, surprised, and my opinion has changed of him a little bit. So I think Swift is a, a guy they view as more dynamic. I think he'll catch more footballs this season, and I think he'll have more carries when all is said and done. Uh, and, and Johnson's not going anywhere if he's healthy, and I think they're going to be pretty committed to using multiple backs. I mean, look, we've seen the Lions pretty much copy everything the Patriots have done, in fact, just – 
constantly adding their former players. I mean, that was basically their offseason again this year was, you know, Danny Shelton and last last year was Trey Flowers and, you know, Jamie Collins they brought in this year and Deron Harmon. So uh, they're copying that. And I think they may try to copy the uh, committee backfield as well. But uh, as long as it's these two guys, and they should be pretty far ahead of everyone else, as long as it's Swift and Johnson, I think there's enough for both of them to kind of flirt with value. And if one goes down, the other one could really skyrocket. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm okay with them uh, where they're going. Their ADPs are respectable and carry-ons is very cheap going around round 10. Yeah, and last year I probably thought carry on could be a, a league winner. So I'm gonna, unfortunately yeah. for me, he wasn't. But uh, you know, I'm gonna put you on the spot now, Mike, for a, a league winner for 2020. Is there anybody that you think that uh, you know, and any round you want to pick, but that you think could be that player that you know helps people take it all home that we're maybe not expecting, or even maybe we are expecting. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll lean on a tight end here, a potential breakout tight end that could really change the game for a couple of reasons, because you can get him very late in your draft and that allows you, you know, there's, there's uh opportunity costs involved with taking a tight end early that you avoid, right? So if you wait a long time and take a late tight end, you could focus on other positions early on. And, uh, I'll, before I say the name, let me just give you guys a stat and I've, I've, I've beat this one to death all off season. I've used it a lot, but I just love it so much. So if we go back all the way to 2007, 2007 through last season, the 10 best yards per target marks by a rookie tight end during that span. So minimum 40 targets, best yards per target marks. It's Mark Andrews, Gronk, Hunter Henry, Aaron Hernandez, Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, George Kittle. So that's eight of the 10. And I mean, at one point or another, they were all fantasy superstars, right? We're talking top three dominant fantasy assets at tight end. So I think that's at least, at least at this point, I mean, that seems to correlate pretty well, right? Well, uh, fourth and fifth on that list, Chris Herndon and Noah Fant. I, I think that's really interesting for sure. So there are two guys I like a lot. I think Fant is the guy that I really have my eyes on because I, I like his situation. He's still super young. He was tight end 16 as a 21-year-old rookie. Uh, best tight end overall after the catch. So he could be the guy that just explodes onto the fantasy scene this year and becomes one of the next best in the business. And again, uh, that yards per target mark. I mean, there's you could you could pick yards per target apart. I get it, but that's interesting. I think that that list has those ten guys on it. Uh, so I'm looking at Fant and also Chris Herndon in the late rounds. Yeah, Herndon, somebody I really like, and Fant I think has all the tools. It's just about if it can be put together. And the one thing with the likes of Fant, we talked about Sutton. We talked about that Broncos wide receiving core a couple of times this off season. I wonder is there a situation where we're all undervaluing Drew Locke if we're expecting these guys to be able to to do all those things? But it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing this Broncos team. There's a a, a number of uh, intriguing fantasy players who I think are are probably all going a little bit undervalued uh, at this current moment in time. But Mike, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show twice this week. I just want to say thank you for that. I know I know Sean will echo those sentiments. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun having you on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. It's always a blast to talk with you guys. I always learn something as well. So I'm looking forward to another season. Should be fun. Yeah, it should be great. And we we really appreciate it. Everyone follow uh, the Going Deep Draft. You'll get not only Mike's late picks, which will help you uh, figure out where you want to go in your, in your league, but also some of the other uh, great owners that he has invited to that. Follow along there. Follow him along on all of his uh, various social media channels and radio all that kind of thing so but fantastic show we don't do guests very often on overtime as the listeners know but when we had a chance to bring mike in obviously that was a no-brainer we really appreciate you being on the show 
Yeah, always fun. Uh, like you said, at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and, and check out the content over at ESPN and ESPN Plus. I'd really appreciate that for sure. Uh, a lot a lot going on this year. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff, and I can't wait to get into it. The Week one is almost here, guys. We're almost there. And that's going to do it for the third show of the week. Thanks again to Mike Clay for coming on the show. Two shows this week, lots of good information, lots of fun conversations. Himself and Sean competing in a couple of leagues this week. Good to get some behind-the-scenes information there. Talk through some of those players as well. Uh, so thanks again to Mike for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Clay NFL. As always, I like to finish off the show to let you know I'm sure you know at this stage if you don't now is your chance to know you get a 10 percent exclusive discount to a road of his nfl pass by using the promo code 2020 rv radio at checkout that is as a loyal podcast listener that's our gift from us to you uh, to help those fancy rosters in 2020 if you enjoy the shows if you enjoy the network if you enjoy everything we do here at road of his radio you're going to love what we do on the website tremendous value gets you access to all of the tools and the content up on the website uh, it will help you throughout the season with those start set decisions, with those roster construction decisions, with the waiver wires, all that good stuff. 2020 RV Radio at checkout saves you 10%. And as always, give us a written review on your favorite podcast app. Helps us out a lot here. Make sure as well you're subscribed to that Rotoviz uh, overtime individual feed. Um, obviously, we have a, a special present for anyone that hasn't already gone back and checked it. We had the Zero RB Top 15 list. It's a talk to it with myself and Sean. Sean giving some of his insights into it. That came out exclusively on the Rotoviz overtime feed earlier this week. It came out on Wednesday. Uh, if you are subscribed to the feed, you'll be able to check that out. So don't miss out on that one. Uh, I would recommend to be subscribed to both feeds because then you get all the Rotoviz overtime shows usually. 12 to 24 hours ahead off the main feed uh you know just staggering the shows to make sure that we get all the content out in a timely manner throughout the week and it always goes up on that individual channel first you get a little bit of a exclusive bonus to get it a little bit earlier so do make sure you're subscribed to both and when you're there drop us a written and a review much much appreciated as always my name is colin kelly thank you very much for tuning into today's show you can follow me on twitter if you do so wish at overtime ireland my co-host today is sean siegel he is my co-host every day on the show and uh, it's a, an amazing uh, pleasure for me to get to talk football with sean on a weekly basis hopefully you enjoy listening in to check out all his great work up on rotaviz.com until we're back next week where it is the eve of the nfl season of course have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action including the new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes. Check it out all day or all night. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. Once again that's BetOnline.ag. Promo code BLUEWIRE, bet online, your online wagering experts.